This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 159. Four fantastic movies that are better than Fantastic Four. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. Strangers and aliens. I am your father's best friend, Palmer. versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello, strangers. Hello, aliens. Hello, those of you who are in between. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here for a solo episode. And what is this episode about? Well, this episode is about me talking about Fantastic Four without talking about Fantastic Four. (laughs) Um, This is me talking about four movies that I recommend that you watch instead of Fantastic Four. If you are wanting to go to Fantastic Four to get the things out of Fantastic Four that a Fantastic Four movie would give you, This is the podcast for you because this is the episode where I tell you where to go to get those things instead of going to Fantastic Four. Why? Because Fantastic Four stunk. Now, to start off this podcast, I'm going to start off with a list of superhero movies that were worse than Fantastic Four. These are movies that were released as theatrical releases. So things like uh, Generation X, well, maybe that did get a a theatrical release. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not considering that. I'm not considering made for TV movies. I'm I'm talking about films that were made to be viewed in a theater. And so this is my list of superhero movies that were worse than fantastic four. And then we'll get into my list of reasons why fantastic four is not very good. And then we'll get into uh, the, my list of films you should see instead of Fantastic Four, if you're trying to get the experience that the Fantastic Four movie was trying to give you. And then we'll wrap things up and and the episode will be done and we will not come back to Fantastic Four, at least this variation, this iteration, this abomination of Fantastic Four. Uh, We won't come back to it for hopefully a very, very long time. Now, here is my list of made with the intention to be released in theaters, my list of superhero movies that were worse than Fantastic Four. This is Marvel. This is DC. Um, I really, I I, I think that's where it's sticking um, because I I don't know of too many comic book superhero movies based on Dark Horse other than, you know, like like The Mask. That was a Dark Horse comic. And and then you could go, you know, with with all these other, you know, Meteor Man, which was, you know, original. Dark Man, it was, it was original. Um, 
they weren't based on a comic book hero. They're just based on comic book tropes. So here's my list. Superhero movies that were worse than Fantastic Four. <clears throat> Starting with number one, Man-Thing. That's my list of superhero movies that were worse than Fantastic Four. So the question is, why is Fantastic Four bad? Well, here's my list of reasons why the Fantastic Four movie directed directed by Josh Trank, released by 20th Century Fox. This is my list of reasons why it's bad. Reason number one, it's not Fantastic Four. That was my list of reasons why Fantastic Four is not a great movie. Uh, and, and here's the thing. When I did my review for Welcome to Level 7, I'm trying to remember how many stars I gave it. Uh, we, we did that, you know, rating thing. And I think I would have given it, I think what I said was I would have given it three stars if it wasn't the Fantastic Four title movie. I would give, I, and I did give it two stars because it said Fantastic Four as the title. This is a mediocre, at best, sci-fi film. At best, it's mediocre. It is a mess of plot. It is a mess of editing. It is a mess of vision. But with all those things, it's not the Fantastic Four. And what is the Fantastic Four? The Fantastic Four is a team that is a blended family. Which is one reason why changing the race of Johnny Storm really doesn't bother me. Because that's part of the purpose of the original group. It was a friend, Reed Richards, who has a friend, Ben Grimm who has a girlfriend, Sue Storm, and his girlfriend has a brother, Johnny Storm. And by circumstances, they are thrown together into a situation where they become a family. They become a group of close friends who squabble, who work together, who quit the team, stop working together, but then come back to help each other because they are family. That's a big part of what the Fantastic Four is and why it has lasted as long as it has. Now, I have a theory, and I did not share this in Welcome to Level 7. I'm going to share it here and now for the first time ever. My theory about why this movie was released, even though it's horrible, and everyone involved knew it was horrible. The suits knew it was horrible. The director knew it was horrible. The actors knew it was horrible. But it was released. And you want to know why? I think you know, a lot of people you know, come to Marvel and say Marvel is just being you know, sour grapes. They didn't make any toys of Fantastic Four to go along with this movie. They didn't make you – know, they actually canceled the Fantastic Four comic book to, to get back at, at 20th Century Fox for not letting them get the rights back to Fantastic Four. You know, I mean even Sony let Spider-Man come back to Disney and be a part of Disney's stable of, of movie releases, you know, and, and Sony's going to make money because of that. But – 20th Century Fox, they're, they're, they're not doing anything. They're not letting Marvel do anything with it. They're not letting Disney do anything with it. Here's why. Because I have heard a representative of 20th Century Fox say that if they, they will never let the rights go back to Marvel, to Disney, because that Disney and Marvel is already this huge powerhouse. They've got Star Wars. They've got Marvel. They've got half of Marvel. I mean, there's a large chunk over at 20th Century Fox with Fantastic Four and the X-Men franchises. Spider-Man at Sony, but it's being bounced back and forth with, with this kind of agreement that they have. But here's my thing 
a lot of people don't know all of that information. A lot of people don't understand that Disney owns Marvel, but that Marvel sold the movie rights to these other companies. So they have the only, they have the sole rights to make the movies. 20th Century Fox is saying, oh, Marvel, Disney, they're making so much money. They, they, they're, they're dominating the action sci-fi uh, franchise world. And what do we have? Well, we have the alien franchise that we're not doing anything with and that we've kind of, you know, done some pretty terrible things with. Um, we also have the X-Men franchise, which is doing pretty good, doing okay. There were some missteps, but they're doing okay. And we have Fantastic Four. We should do something with Fantastic Four. Well, it'd be awesome. We'll make it awesome. And then it's not awesome. And you know what they said? They said to themselves, we can release this movie and people will think it's a Marvel movie. And so Marvel put out Avengers and Ant-Man and Fantastic Four this summer. And this will be proof positive that not everything Marvel does is gold. Instead, what we're going to do is we release this and it will it will it will be a smear on the name of Marvel and Disney for, you know, a portion of the movie going audience. Now, I, I, I have no proof, you know, and, and this is just conjecture and it's conspiracy theory. And it's kind of fun to go with that kind of stuff. But but anyway, they released this movie and it's a mediocre sci-fi film at best. Part of it is because there was studio interference. The studio did not like the vision of where it was going. Part of it is the director. I mean, he did Chronicle, which was an okay sci-fi superhero movie. I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. Uh, I didn't feel like I wasted time watching it. It was, it had stuff to it, but then it's also dark and it's, it's meant to, you know, be a deconstruction of superheroes rather than what I think we need. And we're kind of getting with Marvel, the reconstruction, you know, we, we got the deconstruction in 1986 with Watchmen. And ever since then, we've had all of these dark, 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 dark superhero things starting on the silver screen with Batman in 1989. Now we're getting the reconstruction with Ant-Man being the most recent uh, big thing from, from Marvel that is reconstructing the superhero concept and the superhero movie and kind of going back to the roots of heroism and doing good and all that kind of thing. And so they bring in that guy to make their Fantastic Four movie, but Fantastic Four is something that is that hinges on uh, optimism and exploration and just these kind of positive things of family. And even when family crumbles, even when we don't get along, we still come back together. And these are themes that have resounded with comic book readers for decades, for hundreds of issues. And so that's why I look at Fantastic Four as a movie and it's terrible to me. Now, if it had been called, as I uh, said in our Welcome to Level 7 episode, the quaint quartet, maybe I would have been a lot more willing to go along for the ride, except for, like I said, that just mess of vision, that mess of tone. It changes tone. It changes course. It doesn't, there's things set up at the beginning. You know, you have uh, Chekhov's uh, pocket knife at the beginning and it's handed off. When you hand off something physically to someone, you know, there's, there's, it is meant to be a, a symbol of friendship between Ben Grimm and Reed Richards. And at the beginning, they use it as kids to 
work on a machine. Then Reed Richards goes to, you know, basically goes to college while Ben Grimm gets left back behind and Grimm hands off the knife to Reed Richards. It never comes back. It never comes back either as a symbol of friendship or as something that is useful to help them win the day or at least to help them figure something out. It's, it's just, it's just gone. And, and it, why bring it up in the first place? Why leave it in the movie? Why? Because they're chopping the movie up as they're going along to try and make it into something that it can be something better than what it actually is. And with all this happening, it's not going to be better because you have a specific vision from the director and you know, you're reshooting things to get away from that vision. How much do you reshoot when with, with a director like this, his fingerprints all, all over this. So if it had been Chronicle two, I, I think I would have been much more likely to go along with it. It wasn't though. It wasn't, it was called fantastic four. And what it did was it took the name fantastic four and just dragged it down through the mud. And it was either 20th century Fox saying, Hey, this is us just giving, giving Disney the finger kind of thing. Or, you know, it was them holding onto the rights because they're hoping they could do something better with it later. Who knows? Who knows? Doesn't matter now. Uh, if you haven't gotten it from my voice yet, haven't gotten it from my words yet, avoid this movie. I mean, I really highly recommend you not go to this movie, not see this movie. If you want to pay a buck to see it or a buck 37 or whatever it is from, from Redbox, um, maybe if you just want to see the train wreck. But I just... It, it's if you haven't listened to my review of welcome to level seven, it starts off good. And I actually thought I was going to like the movie. And then it just kind of slowly just you sink in your seat as you realize that the quality of the movie is sinking as well until you get to the end. And then you in the, in the first half hours when you just lose, they get below that, that level of goodwill. Like here I am. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm at level seven, you know, <laughs> above that line. Oh, I just hit zero and now I'm going lower than zero. And now this movie is really bad. And now I'm wanting my money back. Now, I didn't ask for money back. I've done that once. And that's a story for another day, but that was not what I was going to do here. I mean, I went and saw the movie for a reason. And that was because it's a Marvel movie and an opening weekend. And I had to do a podcast episode about it. Now I'm doing another one. Because here's the thing, this movie was trying to be a number of different things. It was trying to be a Fantastic Four movie, but it was also trying to be some other things as well. And maybe it would have worked without interference from the studio. Maybe not. I don't know. But here are four movies that are better than Fantastic Four and are doing the things that Fantastic Four was trying to do. Now, I'm not recommending these movies to everyone. I'm recommending these movies to you if you are looking for what Fantastic Four was trying to give you. So, number one, a sci-fi movie. Now, not just a sci-fi movie, but a sci-fi movie about wonderment and excitement. And my recommendation to you, I thought about 2001, um, I thought about Contact, and I thought about, like, even Mission to Mars, okay? But what I'm, what I'm landing on is Solaris. Now, I, I could go two ways with this, and, and the reason I bring this movie up is because it's a movie about alien intelligence, it's a movie that is slow paced, deliberately paced. Now, there's two versions of this movie. There is the original version directed by Tar 
Kafkis, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he's a Russian director who I've seen two of his movies. I want to see more, but the two movies I've seen are Solaris and I believe the other one's called Hunter. And I like them both. They're both very slow, very deliberate, very heavy with meaning, even when maybe there isn't meaning on, you know, in, in a scene. It just feels like there is because it's just very, very heavy. And Solaris, the original, is I would put in top 10 sci-fi movies of all time, um, probably above 2001. Uh, it just it's it's a great sci-fi movie about a space station and the people on the space station who are orbiting a planet that's alive. It's it's a it's a sentient intelligence, and things happen there. It's mind bending. It's it's uh, you know there's there's this warp of of what's real and and what's not and who's real and who's not that kind of thing. I really like that movie now because it's three hours long. Yes, three hours long. People complain about 2001 because it feels like it's three th- three hours long. Solaris actually is three hours long. Now, it's not paced the same way as 2001. Um, it's not three hours of 2001-like filming. Uh, it actually is, you know, about people and they're, they're, they're dealing with real situations and real, uh, at, at, well, I shouldn't say real situations. It's sci-fi situations, but they're, they're reacting to the situation and they're, they're trying to navigate the emotional fallout of the situation. It's, and, and so it's one of those, it's, it's a thoughtful and thought-filled uh, sci-fi movie. Now it was remade by Steven Soderbergh, and George Clooney played the the, the primary lead there, and it's that one's okay too. Uh, it's 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 a remake. Uh, it, it definitely goes to the same places that the the original went, but does so in ninety minutes instead of hundred and eighty. But uh, I would even though I would even say yes, uh, that's that's one to watch if you were looking for that kind of a sci-fi movie and i watching fantastic four i definitely see where they were trying for you know something of a a 2001 something of a contact uh something of these exploration type things but there's no joy in it there's no joy in discovery and and that's what and actually in solaris i would say there's not much joy either uh, but there's definitely there's exploration and discovery and uh, yeah the other place you could go to honestly for this kind of thing is Star Trek where there's all sorts of joy for discovery and exploration uh, but yeah I, now Fantastic Four came out of the space age Fantastic Four came out of the space race honestly and so I'm looking at Fantastic Four and. I'm thinking to myself, how could you remake and redo this and actually have a good Fantastic Four movie? Um, I've heard that that, uh, Peyton Reed, who ended up directing Ant-Man, he pitched a Fantastic Four movie to Fox, and they actually started development on it, a period piece that's basically A Hard Day's Night, which is the Beatles, you know, kind of performing, running away from uh, their fans and, you know, dealing with celebrity and that kind of thing. doing a period piece that's basically the Fantastic Four dealing with those same kind of things. But my pitch wouldn't be a hard day's night. 
my pitch would be doing Fantastic Four as the right stuff, you know, and, and as, you know, this kind of the edge of the space age, the edge of technology, and not just this kind of joyless, well, we are expanding our knowledge because that's what people do is expand their knowledge. No, I want to see people who actually want to be there and actually want to go to these other planets and go to these other places and witness and experience these other things. And then when they get superpowers, yeah, they got to deal with some angst. But then they realize, oh, we can go there and do even more because we have superpowers. And that's the kind of thing I'd like to see. Now, let's let's go from there to the idea, the, the horror movie, really, that Fantastic Four wanted to be. And you get little glimpses of this horror movie where it's body horror. You know, it's, it's transformative horror where Reed Richards is stretchy now and, and jo- Johnny Storm is on fire and Ben Grimm is covered in rock and Sue Storm is actually literally invisible instead of just being metaphorically invisible throughout the whole movie. And where could you go for that? Well, you go to the source. You go to actually Trank's inspiration. He wanted to do more of this, and you can see it. It gets cut. We don't get a lot of reaction to them actually experiencing their power and learning about their power and figuring out who and what they are. And why don't we get that? Because the studio didn't want that. That's my projection. But I, I don't think they wanted that. And that's what Trank wanted. And so I don't think they had a lot of extra uh, coverage of the scenes to do anything else. They're like, okay, well, they have to discover their powers and figure out their powers. But all we have is this kind of drab, scary, weird stuff. So where do we go for that? If that's the kind of thing you're looking for, if you're looking for that movie that Trank said himself that he wanted to make, you could go to The Thing, John Carpenter. You could go to Alien. You could go to, really, where Trank's inspiration came from, The Fly. Now, that movie with Jeff Goldblum, uh, it's a weird movie it's a bizarre movie. I mean, it's, it's, it's all about a scientific accident that gives someone this unimaginable power. And you see some of that come out in the final product, but not enough to really overcome the other problems that you have here. And really, I think a body horror superhero movie could be successful if done well. (laughs) But The Fly is, I mean, it's a successful movie. I find it disturbing. I I find it um, scary, even though I'm never going to get trapped in a transporter beam with a fly and then start transforming into a fly. But that's, that's the place that if you're looking for that kind of movie, you go there. This is what, I mean, Fantastic Four, when I think of Fantastic Four, the first place I go to is not body horror. However, I can understand the impulse to go there. I can understand taking a look at Ben Grimm, who's constantly having trouble because of what he's become. 
you could play with a lot of that. It would be horrifying to find yourself engulfed in flame. Now, we just don't get a lot of that reaction in, in the Fantastic Four movie, but yeah, that's where you go. Now, if you're looking for a movie that is more Fantastic Four-like, that goes along with the concept of Fantastic Four as we have been given in the comics since the 60s, where do you go? You go to The Incredibles. That's the third movie I'm going to give you here. If that's the kind of movie you're looking for, unfortunately, the best Fantastic Four movie, and I'm not the first person to say this, I'm not going to be the last person to say this, uh, the best Fantastic Four movie ever is not called Fantastic Four. It's called The Incredibles. It's a Pixar movie, so you know there's going to be excellence there in the storytelling. It's Pixar. Uh, it's... It's a great superhero movie about a family learning to be a family. Now, this family is a nuclear family. It's a mom and a dad and two kids, well, three kids. So it's a literal family, unlike Fantastic Four, which even though Reed and Sue end up getting married, and therefore Johnny is a brother-in-law, and then you have the marriage, and then you have Ben Grimm, who's the friend, that becomes kind of the uncle unofficially to their their kids, to Sue and Reed's kids. Uh, the Incredibles, it is a literal family. It's an actual family. But there's nothing wrong with that. And if you were to take The Incredibles and just say, you know, let's just put in our our family of four, our fantastic four, it works. I mean, there's obviously there'd be things that need to change. You'd have to rewrite some of the story, but that's not a big deal. And now the Incredibles that we get, I enjoy it as it is. I don't want it to change. I, I, I would, I'm not suggesting that, oh, Incredibles would be better if only if it was actually the Fantastic Four. No, no. It's great because it's not the actual Fantastic Four, because they're able to do things story-wise that the Fantastic Four couldn't do with, with the marriage and with the kids rebelling and being told you can't use your powers and, and uh, all those different things. You know, I mean, there's, there's an element of Watchmen in The Incredibles uh, or, or even Civil War, which came afterward. But The Incredibles is the Fantastic Four movie if Fantastic Four, as put out by 20th Century Fox in 2015, if that movie is not Fantastic Four, or if it's if Fantastic Four in name only, The Incredibles is Fantastic Four without the name. And so that's where you need to go. Now, I would also say, though, and actually the, the new Fantastic Four, I'll, I'll give them some of the casting there. The, the, char- the actors weren't bad. They were given stuff to do that was, but they, they weren't bad themselves. However, the casting of those other two Fantastic Four movies, they, it actually works. And I think, I mean, you get Chris Evans in his first Marvel hero role. Um, you get Michael Chiklis as the Thing, but he's actually recognizable as himself, even with the Thing makeup on and you, it's, it's not, those two Fantastic Four movies are not bad. Now, 
compared to the new Fantastic Four movie, they're really good. <laughs> uh, they're movies that I haven't gone back to very often. I, I think I've only really, I think I've watched them maybe two, maybe three times. I've, I might have seen the first one three times because of the second one. But Fantastic Four, those those two Fantastic Four movies, they're not bad. They at least were trying. They at least were trying to give us a Fantastic Four movie that has energy and humor and fun and wonder and excitement. But Incredibles does it better. Incredibles does it much better. So if that's the kind of movie you're looking for, that's where you need to go. Now, fourth movie, the fourth fantastic movie that's that you should watch before you watch Fantastic Four, uh, or instead of watching Fantastic Four, is if you are looking for a humorous and energetic hero movie based on an actual comic from the dawn of Marvel's publishing history. And now, when I say the dawn of Marvel's publishing history, I mean... When Fantastic Four came on the scene, I'm talking 60s. You know, I, I'm not talking about when they were Atlas and, and doing all the things before that. Here's where I would go. I mean, I I could take you to Guardians of the Galaxy. Actually, maybe that would even fit under that family heroes idea where you have this really Guardians of the Galaxy is this forced family. And there's energy and there's fun and there's humor and all that. But um, I, I could go there. I, I could go literally to any any MCU movie. Um, but the one I'm choosing to go to is the more recent one. And it has a similar history behind it. Now, there's some elements that are different. But uh, Ant-Man. Now, Ant-Man, we have Peyton Reed who's taking over for Edgar Wright. But he does it before the cameras start rolling. And so the studio says, this does not match our vision. Edgar Wright says, your vision does not match my vision. And Edgar Wright goes. Now, he's still executive producer. or He's he's up there on the producer list. He's still got his name on the screenplay. Uh, because they're, they're taking that as his, his original story as their blueprint that they're going to go with. Um. But you have the replaced director, and with with Fantastic Four, you know, I don't know. I don't think Trank actually got fired from the set, but things were taken out of his hands. Um, but you kind of have this this with Ant Man. You have a movie that is exciting, enjoyable. It's humorous, and you like the characters who are there, and you even have you know the element of. You know, the, the love interest. Um, Reed and Sue were early on, you know, this this early couple, and they got married and everything. But then you also have um, Hank Pym. Now, in the comics, it was Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, uh, Ant-Man and Wasp. And you have a little bit of that going on with Hope and and uh, Scott Lang in, in Ant-Man, where... They're kind of a couple. They're kind of a thing. Anyway, Ant-Man, the whole tone of Ant-Man is a completely different tone from what Fantastic Four is trying to do. 
But Ant-Man is giving me the tone that I want from a Fantastic Four movie. I want someone who is excited. Let's see what my powers can do. You know. Anyway, so these are movies that I would say, watch these instead. Watch Ant-Man. Watch The Incredibles. Watch The Fly, if that's the kind of thing you're looking for. Because like I said, Fantastic Four doesn't deliver on a Fantastic Four movie, but it also really doesn't deliver on a sci-fi movie or a horror movie. It's just kind of this, this mishmash um, stew of bits and pieces of whatever is left over in the, the butcher's counter. And it just... And, and it, it comes out of Fantastic Four, I think, 20th Century Fox saying, you know what? It's outdated. You know what? The Fantastic Four, it needs a redress. We tried to do fun. People talk bad about those two Fantastic Four movies. We tried to do the family, but people rebelled against it. They didn't like it. And it's not that they didn't like what they were trying to give if anything, it's that they were trying to give something and weren't delivering it in those first two movies. But they tried. They tried. How successful they were, that depends on your own feelings and thoughts and stuff like that. And so here they're, they're, they're course correcting, completely, completely overreacting and going in a completely different direction that doesn't even need the name Fantastic Four. They're trying to dress it up and make it cool, cooler for a, you know, a new generation that likes the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight Rises. Man of Steel. And it's just not, not working. Whereas they should have, and maybe they're also rebelling a little bit against you know the MCU, the, the Disney Marvel movies. Where you have Guardians of the Galaxy, you have Avengers by Joss Whedon, you know, bringing that wit and energy. You have Ant-Man, you have Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr., who even in a serious movie like you know, Iron Man 3 was trying to be you know, this action movie, it goes beyond being that action movie strictly because of... Robert Downey Jr. And so maybe they're trying to um, you know, say, well, we've got plenty of that going on over there. Let's do something different over here in our own studio. I, I don't know. And you know, if, I had, if I were to put any kind of spiritual angle on what we're looking at here, um, go with me here, okay? <laughs> this is Strangers and Aliens. I'm, I'm, uh, I've made some... Stretches of an application before, and maybe this is a little bit of a stretch too. But you know, I, I do see people. You know, I could see them saying Fantastic Four is old-fashioned. Fantastic Four is about family. Family as an idea. What does that even look like? What is family? And actually, those were some good questions that could have been asked, but they glossed it over. They completely glossed it over. And they could have looked into this idea of Sue being adopted into a family and talked through some of the, 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 the conflicts that you get from, you know, a, a natural born citizen, a natural born citizen, 
a natural born family member and an adoptive family member. And, you know, there, there's, there's ideas that you can, can get into there and there's thoughts that you can get into there. And the idea of, I was born into this family, but you were chosen to be part of this family. And those are, those are conflicts that could be brought up or if not bringing up those conflicts, at least address the idea of why did we adopt her, you know, and, and why did we bring her into our family? And there's, there's things, there's story there and there's ideas there and they could have gone there, but they didn't, they didn't. Instead, they were just dressing this movie up to be this dark and dreary and dour movie that they thought people wanted and they were wrong. And I think they realized they were wrong and tried to then put another sheen on top of that. And I think we get this a little bit with, with uh, how we talk about and present the gospel too. It's it's, people look at religion as old fashioned. People look at the church as old fashioned. People look at the gospel as old fashioned. And so we try to dress it up and we try to, you know, we do popular, you know, popular pop songs uh, in, in worship service, you know, because it's something familiar to the people coming in. And I'm not saying that's wrong to do, uh, especially if you're doing it with purpose and, and doing it with excellence and, and doing it with, um, really with the spiritual edification of the people in mind. Now, I'm also saying that you might have the spiritual edification of people in mind, and maybe it's not a good idea. I'm not going to, I'm not falling on either side of the fence there. Uh, I'm just saying that this is what they're trying to do with this Fantastic Four. And this is what they're trying to do with a lot of, of these, you know, Superman too. You know, let's, let's put a modern spin on him because he's so old fashioned and we want people to come in the door and watch the movie and for you know movie executives it's about the dollars and i'm not going to get into the idea that for some churches it is all about the dollars it is i know it can be it shouldn't be and if it is you're doing something very very wrong and i've been very fortunate to be a part of churches that don't go there and that don't put the dollar uh before the people, you know, uh, for the, especially the church I'm working at right now, money is necessary simply so that we can do the things that we need to do to reach people and to help people. And, and I, I love that. Uh, but I also then see, you know, people on you know, televangelists and there's a local station here that, you know, they used to talk about the seed money. And it would make me so angry when I'd be flipping channels late night and I'd see them say, you know, you're going to send us seed money. This is investment money. You are sending us the money, you know, send us $1,000. And it is seed money. It is investment. And you will get a return on that investment. I mean, they are promising people. And, and yes, does God bless us with money? He does. He does. He blesses us with money and sometimes in my own life, you know, we've hit points where, where are we going to get the next month's mortgage from? And then a couple of days later, the exact amount shows up 
in a royalty check from something I did 10 years ago. You know, that kind of thing happens. God uses money to bless us so that we can live for him still, you know, and, and, uh, so yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he doesn't do that kind of thing. I'm just saying that once you're telling people, Hey, send us seed money so that we can, you know, take this and use it and pay for our stuff. And you can then turn around and be blessed later on. There's something wrong with that. And I I saw someone post on Facebook an article that was an interesting article article because it basically said that wealth and uh, the wealth and health prosperity gospel was really feeding greed. You know, send us money and you'll get more money. You know, even though they're putting it in spiritual terms, it's basically saying, if you send us money, your reward will be money. Your reward will be temporal, physical things. And so this, I mean, it goes back to then, what are we trying to feed when we're doing these things, when we're trying to make our church service more relevant to a new generation? And I do, again, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with relevance. But at the same time, then we also have to give some credit to the gospel being what it is and not watering down the gospel for the sake of relevance and not watering down the message of the gospel. The gospel is what it is and it works. It's the greatest story ever told for a reason because it's not just a story because it's about the spiritual repair of humanity and it's we don't want to be we don't want to be with our Christianity the 20th century fox where we're taking Christianity and and just slapping on these extra things that are going to be more cool and hip and edgy and relevant because you know the fantastic 4 it works and what happens when you get away from it it's no longer the fantastic 4 the gospel the church Big C Church. It works. The gospel is relevant simply because of what it is. Because it's the story of God reaching down and becoming a part of our history. And becoming a part of our personal story and becoming a part of our lives and transforming us and forgiving us and bringing us to him and redeeming us. The gospel is relevant. So now 
compared to the gospel, the Fantastic Four is really not that important and really not that great. Okay, I'm there. I'm with you. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just putting my little spin here at the end. But, um, and maybe I am going a little bit too much of a stretch, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you if you think so. But anyway, um, Fantastic Four, terrible, terrible movie. That's why this isn't even a summer movie series episode. I do not want to end the summer movie series on the Fantastic Four. I already did the Pixels movie. And which one's better? Pixels or Fantastic Four? Duh. You know. (laughs) Pixels. But only by a hair. And no, no, it's not. No, it's not. Pixels is terrible. It's awful. At least you can squint with Fantastic Four and see a a sci-fi movie that's, that's not terrible. Or that's not completely horrible. Uh, anyway, I think that's that's enough rambling here. Um, I do recommend The Incredibles. I do recommend Ant-Man. I recommend those two to anyone or almost anyone. Ant-Man does have some content in that I, w- I would be concerned about for younger kids maybe. Solaris, The Fly, all those sci-fi movies I was talking about, they're good, but they're not everyone's cup of tea. I mean, you need to know what you're getting into. With The Fly, you're going to see some gross stuff. Uh it's 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 yucky there's fluids and and there's changes and it's it's gross uh solaris <laughs> it's it's russian it's subtitled it's three hours it's classical music yeah it's ben <laughs> it's something i like and uh i'm not ashamed of it I'm not ashamed of liking Solaris. I'm not ashamed of liking 2001. Um, I would be ashamed if I liked Fantastic Four. I'll I'll just leave it at that. So until next time, everyone, I thank you for listening. You can uh, go to strangersandaliens.com. We can find all of our episodes. You can find us on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. And you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. And, uh, yeah, that's all I really have to say. And I I appreciate you listening. And uh, honestly... The only other thing I have to say is a question to you, and we haven't done a lot of listener feedback, uh, partially because we haven't had a we've had a hard time getting the whole team together for a, a complete episode, let alone a feedback episode. Um, and part of it is there's not a lot of feedback really to to merit uh, a feedback episode. And so anyway, I would love to hear from you though, and and we can we'll work out something, and maybe I'll just you know go ahead and record a feedback episode without the guys, but. Um, we, I'd love to hear from you other movies you would recommend to watch instead of Fantastic Four. And I, I think you might have some, some good ideas, too. I already told you what superhero movie I would watch before I would watch Fantastic Four, which is all of them except for Man-Thing. So anyway, uh, thanks for listening. And until next time, Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers 
Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening. <laughs>